everyone. I'm Elsa Kenya, an adjunct senior fellow with the Technology and National Security Program at the Center for New American Security. And I'm Lindsay Gorman, the Emerging Technology Fellow at the German Marshall Fund's Alliance for Securing Democracy. And today we're here to talk to you about the recent executive orders that came down this week from the Trump administration on Chinese social media platforms, TikTok, and also WeChat. So Elsa, why don't you start by walking us through what's going on? Sure. So just yesterday evening, we saw two new executive orders come out that leveraged the authority of the International Emergency Economic Powers Act to essentially introduce bans of WeChat and TikTok, uh, building off of an executive order from uh, last May of 2019 on securing the information and communications technology and services supply chain, which essentially identifies these companies as threats to U.S. national security, foreign policy, and our economy. And certainly a lot a lot to unpack here. And uh, I guess to start, what, what would you say is significant, Lindsay, and what are the stakes here? Thanks, Elsa. I would say the stakes are incredibly high for the future of communications and national security in the United States, but also looking more broadly at U.S.-China relations that are undergoing a very uncertain period right now. On kind of the national security side, the implications of the use of these platforms inside the United States uh, are, are certainly very different depending on which platform we're talking about. But in, in the case of TikTok, some of the risks that have really been put forth and, and seem to be somewhat of the impetus for the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States review um, that, was, that was launched late last year are really around these issues of data protection, who owns, who can access personal data that's collected by numerous information platforms, including TikTok, and, and, and who, can, who can see that information. And then I think, secondly, uh, a matter that is, is, is crucially important here is in how these apps display content and how they shape the information environment inside democracies. Now, we, we already know that the United States is the subject of foreign influence campaigns and influence operations on social media platforms, including from the Chinese Communist Party on, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. And so having a, a platform that is ultimately accountable to Beijing poses some risks in terms of the selective provision of content. So I think that's sort of what we're looking at, the implications on the national security side that this is trying to guard against. But of course, we're entering into this period of an increasingly bifurcated internet, which really started back uh, in 2009, when when China decided to, to really ban some of the US companies like Facebook. And, and we're just starting to, starting to see what the consequences of this potential decoupling of the information ecosystems really are. And so, Elsa, I would I'd put it to you and ask sort of what, what you think are the underlying drivers of this situation that we find ourselves in. A great question. I guess I'd say to start, there is a certain irony of this apparent convergence in U.S. and Chinese approaches to exercising sovereign controls over the Internet in ways that is starting to drive greater division in the global global information ecosystem. And certainly this started in Beijing, but with these latest measures, the U.S. is now excluding Chinese technology companies in, in ways that really may have far-reaching implications and consequences. And certainly 
the national security threats at stake are very real here when it comes to the potential for censorship, surveillance, and adversarial manipulation of information, especially at such a sensitive and challenging moment with the elections upcoming. And yet, yeah, I think another driver that is difficult to ignore in this case is a apparent dynamic of diversion and distraction that appears to be influencing some of the political calculus for these moves being rolled out uh, as they are and seemingly quite abruptly. And although I don't entirely disagree with these policy decisions, given the security rationale, to the extent that there has been a lot of confusion, especially with the executive order on WeChat as to the scope and for instance, potential extraterritorial applicability of it, or how much of Tencent's other activities beyond WeChat it might extend to. And these measures seem to have been rather clumsily constructed and crudely so in ways that uh, you know, reflect perhaps haphazard decision-making, even if the even if elements of the rationale may be sound. So I think certainly it's a dynamic situation and one where the uh, restrictions on WeChat in particular will be incredibly disruptive for everyone who uses it to communicate with uh, family, friends, or colleagues within China. And I, I know we're getting close to the end, Lindsay, but what we say, uh, you, how do you expect this may evolve going forward or what scenarios should we be looking at for? Yeah, that's great. And I think you hit on a couple really key points about, I would just wrap up and say that the there's the process and the policy and sometimes i think as we're seeing here the two are coming together in harmful ways especially with these policies in the information environment where the messaging really matters and having a clear and i would also add multilaterally developed set of principles to guard against some of these abuses is is truly vital